Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to this episode of Believe in Grizzlies. Tonight I have Candy uh, Horton. How you doing, Candy? She's a Grizzlies fan, and she loves to talk about the Grizzlies. Um, what about last night? Were you excited about last night? I really was. It was. It, it was. You know, this season has been so up and down, right? And so it was just nice to and like to be able to enjoy a game. Nobody got hurt. Nobody went down, and. It, we haven't had one of those in a long time, so I really enjoyed it. Yeah, for me, it's like I'm at the point where I don't have high expectations now. Mm-hmm. And um, we were saying that their season is over, but if you look at it, they still got a chance to maybe get the 10 seeds, so... I think it's all on them, but it's just like they going out there playing and they really have nothing to lose. Exactly. The one thing I can appreciate about them is like they 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 don't go out there and be like, oh, okay, well, we don't have this and we don't have that. They don't use it as an excuse. They go out there and they give it their all. And as a fan, you just got to appreciate it and other fans appreciated and respected right and then I was thinking of today when I was at work I came up with a theory mm-hmm. it seems like they play better when John Morant is on the sideline I mean that could be a thing because yeah. when he was when he first came back like it was like a shift. I was at that game in New Orleans, his first game back, and it was like a shift in everybody's spirit, a shift in, like, but, you know, he's he's over there. He's talking to them. He's being a leader, whether he's on the floor or not. And his presence, he just draws everybody in with his presence. So I, I feel that. I can see that. Yeah, because it's like, you know, it's just like they play hard, you know, but it just seemed like it's an extra effort but because it's just like, He's over there coaching. And last night, mm-hmm. I saw a lot of Marcus Smart coaching. Mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. was standing up more than Taylor Jenkins, it seemed like. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing I can appreciate about Marcus from last night because when Jaron started to get frustrated because he kept getting fouled but no call, mm-hmm. he sat right over there with Marcus, and Marcus was like, look, you got to get your head in the game. You got to be able to give your teammates something. They – the uh the baby bears out there fighting they need their leader to fight with them so like after that when jaron came back into the game it was different like he still was having an off night but he he was still trying he was still going for it right and i understand his frustration because like the same thing was happening to bam and they would call a foul for bam yeah and, they he, was to jaron, and he, he was just he was really frustrated but you know what he ended up with 15 points he mm-hmm. he had some clutch buckets when they needed it, and mm-hmm. he, and he ended up you know with six rebounds and three assists. He should have had more assists, simple fact that you know people was missing you know buckets. 
But I want to talk about the emergence of Vince William Jr. I mm -hmm. think that is, like I wrote in my article today at the Memphis Flyer, Vince Williams Jr. is a bright spot on the season because it's something unexpected. It's exciting. And most of the fans love him. They love his intensity. And he's not afraid. He's just going to go out there, do what he needs to do. He's going to talk trash. But any other time, you know, they say he's quiet. Where it's just like, it's like he him re his real self on the court, and he's not afraid of anybody that he goes up against. And his offense has, you know, been really good. The past six games, he's averaging like 18 points. He's shooting um, 40-some percent from three, and he's just been really good, you know, especially in the mm -hmm. month of January. I'm just like, okay, Vince, okay, Vince, you not only got the defense, you, you know, you hitting buckets and then it just like, you know, last night when he um was going to the bucket and then he made them look, you know, they thought he was gonna get involved to uh Scotty Pippen Jr., but he did that Euro stuff and got that bucket and like everybody on the bench was like, whoa. But I really like that, you know, with him. So I think that's like definitely a bright spot. And I believe he has a future on this team as part of, you know, one of the Rose players going to help this team tremendously when, you know, the main guys get back. Here's my, uh, here's my uh, thoughts about Vince. He has come a very long way because last year, if you remember, I think it was the last game of the season. It was that OKC game. And, like, he just kept shooting threes, and they were off. Mm. And, I mean, off. Like, he – I don't even think he got a one, but they left him out there, and he looked so defeated. Mm -hmm. And I felt bad for him. I was just like, Taylor, just take him out the game. But he he clearly worked on whatever he needed to work on over the summer. He knew, okay, we about to lose Dylan. I need to find my way onto the floor. How can I find my way onto the floor? And we saw glimpses of it in summer league because if mm -hmm. you notice, if Vince was out of the game, they didn't win it. So right. he emerged at the, as that defensive presence, as that energy guy in summer league a little bit because he did go back and reevaluate. I'm sure that OKC game last year, like it stuck in his head because it was stuck in mind for him because I was like, Ooh, the wings. We we ain't got no wings. We need to find some wings. And then to draft Gigi and to have all the injuries happen so we be reduced to, like, you know, the two ways and the G-leaguers is really showing and proving points. Like, everybody out there has a point to prove. And I feel like the reason why you bringing up Ja is so critical because – they know, like, John Moran is the head of this snake, right? Right. And you want to impress him just as much as you want to impress Taylor Jenkins even more because Ja has the power to be like, nah, I want him to run with me because I feel like he does this, this, and this. And they're also being coachable. And for Vince, you can tell he worked on his game a lot, so he is coachable. And I like that about him. And, like, last night proved that not only is he a defensive stopper, he can also provide that little bit of offense that this team is going to need when everybody gets back healthy next year. 
Right. And then um I, you know, like I think Brevin has been saying it and other people have been saying it, like, you know, being, you know, I think he talked to somebody, how are you gonna be able to stay in this league? How are you gonna be able to get playing time? And mm-hmm. they told him with defense. So I think the defense is what he worked on like over the summer. I think he worked on that defense. And then I remember when uh, the Celtics game, because like I didn't cover that game. Um, uh, my co- my colleague, Amy Stigemeyer, she covered the game. And I had just came back into town, right? And so mm-hmm. I was able to get, you know, some good tickets from somebody. Mm-hmm. And I got them free. And like, I was like basically like behind the Grizzlies bench, right? Mm-hmm. Like I was up top. And we was at the Celtics game. And, and then like, me and Amy was sitting there and I was like, ooh, Jalen Brown cooking um John Contra. I was like, John Contra gonna have nightmares of Jalen Brown. And so coach put in Vince Williams Jr. And that when like everybody started talking about him because he was doing a good job on Jalen Brown and he was doing a good job on uh, Jason Tatum. He was doing a really good job hounding him, everything. He did really good that game. And, you know, they lost that game by two points. That was a really good game. And it's like the next game, Jenkins didn't even play him. And everybody was wondering, why you didn't play Vince? Why you didn't play Vince? Why you didn't play Vince? And then, like, after that, that's when Vince, you know, started getting playing time. And, you know, after that, it's, the rest is history. He earned yeah, his playing, I think, he earned I think that playing maybe. time. And then it's just that trust came in and then I think some and I think maybe some of the players spoke up for him Mm -hmm. and things of that nature I I agree with that I can I feel like that's exactly what it was if they don't do nothing else they gonna they gonna speak up for who they feel like is doing a good job and if you remember after that game they were like oh we had some tough conversations in the locker room because they kept losing at home I was at that Celtics game, and it, it while it was close, they could have won it. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's where the frustration was uh, setting in it. And they were like, oh, we had a discussion. And part of the discussion was, well, this person is doing this. Probably, like, why why isn't he playing? And why, why did he get a DMP? And I remember very well John Conchar getting beat off the dribble by Jalen Brown. And I was like, dang, he he can't hang out there. Somebody got to do something. It, every game ain't for everybody. And that's another reason why I feel like a lot of people are like, well, what does John Conchar do for this team? And he, he, while he's not an offensive threat, he going to play some defense if he don't do and nothing that, else. That's a, and he going to get some rebounds. Exactly. And that's what solidifies his his stance. Like, I remember KD saying, the only way you stay on the floor in this league is you got to play some remnants of defense. It doesn't matter what it is. You have to be able to do it. Right. And then Vince is getting a name because he's going out there, you know, talking trash to Luka Dungeons, Kevin Durant, <laughs> Kyrie, all these other people. He going there, he talking trash to them. Like, who y'all? You know, it's just like, you know, it's just like he's not afraid. He's not intimidated by them. 
So it's I just love like, that mentality. I do. And I have a story about like Vince. So me and uh, one of my homegirls, Queen, we went mm -hmm. to New Orleans for the game and we stopped in Chick-fil-A because Chick-fil-A is like right down the street from the Smoothie King Center. Mm -hmm. And we, we ran into this lady and Queen's very friendly. So she saw these two people. It was this lady and this, it was this little boy. And they had on Grizz gear. And she was like, okay, y'all Grizzlies fans, y'all Grizzlies fans. And she was like, the lady was like, my grandson plays for the team. And we was like, who? And she was like, his name is Vince. And we were like, oh, and she was like, yeah, they keep putting him on all the big names and and uh, they must think he's really good. I was like, he's the only person that can handle it, to be honest. Right. So, uh, I was, she was just so sweet. And I was I, like, when I found out that they converted his contract, I was just so happy for him because you can tell like he's genuinely been working on that. And like, nobody thought this would happen to him you get what i'm saying so it was, right it was it was very heartwarming it, it really is and then it, and then like it's just like and then last night it's like the g league player stepped up but okay i know that everybody been criticizing tyler jenkins and mm -hmm. he, made, he made me a little mad last night because he almost cost the game with some of them lineups but <laughs> the thing that i like about like now he got a point guard out there. <laughs> oh yeah, at all times with Scott, with uh, Scottie Pippen Jr. and um, mm -hmm. Jacob Gilliard. But for me, I'm thinking like maybe Jacob, uh, Scottie Pippen Jr. may be getting us st some stars here and there because like he closed with him last night and Jacob was on the bench. I, I'm going to say this, uh, not, not only is Jacob Gilliard starting to run out of his number of games, right? so you might be right about that, but Scottie Pippen Jr. has, like, his game isn't exactly the same, but he he settles them just like Jawood. He's fast. Right. He is fearless. Like, Scottie Pippen Jr. went for layups all last night, and that's what they, and he also pushed the pace. Right. Like Miami doesn't like to play at a pace, but the Grizzlies like to play to a pace. And sometimes I felt like last night with Gilly on the floor, they were playing right into Miami's hands. But with Scotty out there, Scotty was like, you know, we going here, we going here, right. we going to pass the ball, we going to do this. Like, so it was very jot esque Yeah, yeah. And then like Pete, Pete and Brevin was saying like how he would go fast and stop and do like, you know, similar mm -hmm. to Ja. And I was like, Okay, because like he played 24 minutes last night. Uh, yeah, he closed, he closed with him. So I'm like, mm -hmm. okay. I mean, you have to stick with what's working. And I'm I'm glad he's finally like, okay, this is working because I get frustrated with him too. Because there was a game, I think it was the Bulls game, where Luke was cooking and he just took Luke out and we never saw Luke again. And I'm like, what are you doing? If he's providing some type of help, you don't go away from that. So while the players are learning, so is Taylor Jenkins. He doesn't have a choice anymore because you don't got three all-stars out there about to help turn you up, you know? So mm -hmm. he has to coach. He has to be able to be like, okay, that didn't work. We tried this lineup. And he, he's, I will give him this. 
he has become quicker at snatching lineups that do not work. He'll he'll trade somebody out a lot quicker than he did at the beginning of the season. So I will uh -uh, no, that. see, I'm I'm just gonna say it last night when they <laughs> cut that lead. You know, they had a four point lead going into oh, yeah. the I'm uh, fourteen point lead going into the fourth quarter. Miami came out, whatever. He took the time out, put the same more people back in. Then they cut it down to five, and I guess he raised the thing up and put all the main people back in, you know, the people back in that were, you know, really helping. But I'm just like, mm, mm. Well, there was one player out there that that uh, every time he out there, like, if you notice, it's a pattern. The league gets cut, but we didn't have no choice. We had, like, nine people out there, so somebody got to – Somebody got to be in there to be a live body. But, so somebody but, but homie, he said homie down after a while. And I don't think, I think yeah. homie, homie ain't got but 14 minutes. Uh, yeah, I, think. I understand that, but yeah. it was 14 minutes too long. Like, I thought yeah. we weren't going to survive. I ain't going to hold you. Like, oh, it was, he, had, he played 17 minutes. But you know what? He did get six rebounds. Yeah, I, I and nobody ever said he wasn't a good rebounder. Yeah. However... It's it's the it's the little things like I think he missed a pass last night or he he knocked the ball out of bounds or something he didn't catch something and I'm just like wow like you you got to pay attention you have to be better and even Roddy last night had some mental lapses that frustrated Jacob Gilliard mm -hmm. because there was he missed a pass and then he whipped the ball to him and he. He ran out of bounds and ran back in. You cannot do that. Like you knew you can do that. So and I, and that was I, a lot. Yeah, and I was hearing people last night in the Grizzly spaces was saying that how come the players didn't do what they were doing now? They didn't do it at the beginning of the season. First of all, you had new people. You had folks in roles that they weren't familiar with, right? You got to have chemistry and continuity, and then people in and out of the lineup, all this and that, or whatever. That can be frustrating, and then like that, you know, got people off their games or whatever. They played hard, but it's just like they had some things to figure it out. And then, not to mention, if you're not used to being like having that much weight on you, right. it's going to take you some time to get used to. It's like starting a new job. Right. You don't know what you're doing right off the bat. And I feel like that was a part of it while Jaron and Bain were going out there scoring 30 and 40 and whatever have you. They were still in a new role. And that's why you see them emerging now because they're used to it now. Right. That's why you see Jaron passing out of a double team, being a facilitator, getting an assist. That's why you saw Bain being able to throw lobs to Z because they weren't used to that, but they mm -hmm. had to get used to it. And those 25 games were growing pains to me. Right. They, yes, yes, they were. And then, like, when Jacques came back, it's like, you know, they still had to figure things out, and they came out with different intensity and whatever. But when they went on that road trip, and then, like, Jacques got hurt or whatever, just then everybody got hurt. It seemed like things went down again, but it's just like – People tell me something, well, you should sit Jerry, you should sit Bane, whatever. But these people want to play. And one one note I want to say, uh, Michael Wallace of Brian Silly Media, he was on the Grisbeek show, the Jarvis Greer show yesterday. Mm -hmm. um, and he said that Desmond Bain is trying to come back earlier. I don't know that how. That doesn't surprise me because 
the way like they have to understand why these folks get paid to play basketball mm-hmm. they they love it they they can't stay away from it if if they like that's why they're not tanking like people are like right. oh we should just sit Jerry and end it now and Let's tank why? for the best team. Why? Why? They're not going to do it. And Ja Morant won't want to be on a team, a tanking team at that. At least he know he got some people behind him that's going to go out there and try, even when he's not out there. That's going to make him want to stay long-term. If you out there trying, I can't give you anything but a hand clap because you don't have to. You could have been like, hey, let's let's just call it quits. But that's not what they want to do because they they are passionate about the game. And there are people like DeMar DeRozan was on Paul George's podcast mm-hmm. and he said you'll be surprised the amount of people that do that play basketball professionally just to get the money or whatever it is. They don't really love the game. And our guys really love the mm-hmm. game. Like they talk about it. Though Jaron talk about it in his music. Bane talk about it any chance he got over the summer. He was like, I just wanna be healthy so I can play. I just wanna get better so I can play. He and even he- played through a, bro- a broken toe and then got surgery in the offseason because he wanted to play. Right, and then it just like, job, you know, he was after 25 games. Man, mm-hmm. he was so ready to be back. And, like, if this shoulder thing, if he could have played through it, John would have been playing with a toe shoulder or whatever. And he didn't need yeah. that surgery because he's just like, I'm just like, he, his mindset, man, he really missed it because it's just, it's his life. It's his life. Of course. And if you go he, on his Instagram that first week after his shoulder surgery, he had a picture of him, Jaron, and Dez. I and saw it. And said week one. And right. he and you could tell like he just missed the game. He really did. And then that's why he wants to be out there with them, you know. Mm-hmm. It's just like his presence is is really good. And then I see some people, you know, like was talking about Marcus Smart or whatever. I don't care what nobody say. It's good that Marcus Smart is on this team. It's really good because you see his veteran presence. You see him talking to these people or whatever. And then like you said, him and Derrick Rose. They are helping Ja and Jaren in vain. They are helping. They are helping them. Mm-hmm. They now, need to be on this team, man. Yeah, I feel that. And Marcus Smart is having one of the best offensive games of his career. And he has been in the league, what, nine years? That's crazy. That is crazy to me. And he's had some freak accidents here and there that's keeping him off the court. Now, Derrick Rose is different. That's the old man. He got to take his PTO. We get it. We get it. Your PTO? Who? But Marcus, he he would be out there if he wouldn't have rolled his ankle. He would be out there if his finger wouldn't have dislocated. Like, it was just freak accident. Yeah, because he was, I mean, how? I'm just trying to figure out how did he shoot a three with a dislocated finger? I mean, I mean, but naked, wet three. I'm he like, didn't bro. feel it. He right. couldn't have felt it. That adrenaline is it's something right. else. If you're in, in a moment right. and you just shot a three, your team is killing it. And the only reason why he even felt it, he didn't even feel it properly. Because he, he looked at it. it. He saw it. He's like, it's not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> like, wait a minute. It ain't supposed to do that. So 
it's it's so different. Like he was able to still ain't no telling when it actually happened to him. It's right. the fact that he was so engaged that he didn't even feel anything. He just wanted to get back on defense and be with his team. And right. that's important. Right. It really is important. Okay, so like let's talk about Gigi Jackson. Um, he's been doing well, but sometimes I think um you know how like we used to be mad at people for missing Jaren when he's open or missing somebody. It's like sometimes these folks do not pass the ball to Gigi and you be getting mad and especially that Zyra Williams, he on mm -hmm. but but I was talking to somebody about this earlier because mm -hmm. they were like, Well, we should start Gigi at the three. And I had a long discussion on a timeline with Chris. You know who Chris is from No Bluff the mm -hmm. Podcast. Right. So I was like, okay, so if we start Gigi, then what is the bench going to do? Because nobody on that bench can create for anybody at all, and, and let alone themselves. So what is everybody on the bench going to do? Not to mention, he's, he's a spark. He creates a spark. Off the bench. And yeah, and I won't want him. I won't want him out there with the likes of David Roddy, even though sometimes it happens. But in Zaire, because they're not going to pass him the ball, so I would prefer him to be on the bench and lead the bench like he's been doing. Because if he is, if he gets inserted into the starting lineup and David Roddy come into the game, baby, it's gonna be the David Roddy show. It is. It's gonna be. Oh, you in the corner for a three? Well, guess what? I'm finna drive this lane and I'm finna dunk this ball. We've seen it over and over again that he cannot be out there with them. I get everybody wanting him to be a starter because it will do him some good to be out there with the main guys. But, but we see, don't have the main guys right but, now. But here's the thing, though. If people always get caught up on starting, it's not the starting, it's the finishing. Look at the closing exactly. lineup that he had. Exactly. And you would think that if everybody everybody's so caught up on the start, I don't I don't prefer him to start. I would like him to finish the game because that lineup last night, um, uh, who was it? Uh Scotty Pippen Jr., Vince Williams Jr., Darren Jackson, G Jr. And uh who else was the Conchar. last Conchar. Okay. That, Conchar, that, Conchar that, and the juniors as uh just yeah, yeah, Jenny and the Juniors. Yeah. That last lineup was like the lineup. It was like a new NBA death lineup. Like you right. weren't touching it. It was defensively sound. It was offensively sound at the same time. It was everything. There was nobody out there that couldn't get a bucket. Right. If they really wanted to. And there was nobody that they they had to sag off defensively because if you did that. John Conchar is cutting to the basket. Why he ain't got, you know, the shot creation for himself and his 3-1 going down last night, he gonna, he gonna do a backdoor cut. You gonna have to, you gonna have to keep him in front of you. It just is what it is. That lineup last night was the best thing that ever happened last night on the floor. It was like, okay, we might be seeing something right here. I don't, I don't care if he never starts. I would like him to finish though. Right. Mm, yeah, it's just like it don't matter if you start or not, because you can start. You can get only fourteen minutes. Yeah, exactly, because uh, they'll get you up out the paint. That's what I'm saying. You can start and only get fourteen minutes. It's who finishes. 
it's the guys that you trust to finish in a close game. It's not about the starting thing. And I think people get so caught up in starting. Because you can have good people. Because, like, look at um the dude on the Kings. Oh, my God. I know his name. I can't think of it now. Talking about Davion. No, not not him. Uh, Malik Monk. Oh, him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Malik Monk. How he, he don't start. But you know what? You know what you're going to get from him when he come off that bench. You know he's yeah, going to play hard. And you know he gonna get him buckets. You know you he get going, he be hard mm -hmm. to stop. And then exactly. you know what? A lot of time they close with him. So hey, he's their spark. Everybody needs yep. one. We don't have that. Right. We don't have that outside of Gigi. So moving him would be a mistake. But I will say this: like meeting Gigi, he came in. He was polite. He was respectful, and like he was just playing around with a basketball. In a in a skull cap in the middle of the summertime, and and he was he was himself and like he on the bench he laughing he talking to people but the one thing everybody said about him is he's very coachable and he got a lot of questions like Biz Mac was asking like okay uh, Kelsey Wright Johnson asked Biz Mac she she asked him about his leadership role for the young guys and he was like. They just really, they just like to talk. And I think the best part about being a leader is you you have to be able to listen. And he was like, I think uh, Gigi has the most questions. And that's a good thing. He wants to learn. He wants to know why do we do this? And why can't we do it like this? He's learning. Like last night, a lot of people clipped it. Uh, it was a video of Vince getting his third file. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Right. If Vince, Vince, look, Vince was trying to tell Gigi to yeah, take the file, and, and Jerry was like, like hey, yeah. and yeah. Jerry was like, bro, hey, 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 events and Gigi was just like, like why what? do I need to do that like right. what is going on here so yeah. it's so sweet and innocent he's still learning the nuances of this because the game before that um uh, a lot of people were getting beat off the dribble and it was causing Jared to foul a lot and they would raise their hand and be like it was me it wasn't you it was Darren but you got beat so he had to come help you but they still raise their hand to try to take it to think, okay, maybe the ref might change it to, you know, whoever. Mm -hmm. But that's that's what you do. And Jaron was out there teaching last night. He was like, look, Rod, you need to be over here on defense. You need to be over here on defense because I'm pretty sure he is sick of getting fouls for covering up for people to get beat off the dribble. So he was like, hey, I need you right here. You need to be right here. And you need to raise your hand when somebody else pick up a foul. Okay, so I'll talk about Jared. You know, like, you know, beginning of the season, mm -hmm. he told him he needed to tell him he was solved. They talking about this, that, talking about his family, this, that, and the other. But now they, like, whatever. But anyways, it's just like, he just been more animated, things like that. And he just, like, in a lot of games, he know he's the best player on the floor. Even though that mentality shift from Marcus, right. like if you ever see 
if you ever see them, like Marcus Smart and Derrick Rose are always like to his hip. Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of people get it twisted that Derrick Rose was just here for Ja. And no. I mean, that mm -hmm. might have been true in the beginning. However, comma, Derrick Rose still makes an impact on everybody. And, right, and because he's a former league Derrick. MVP. It, he's a former mm -hmm. league MVP. And, and it's just like, it's not just because of this, that, and the other people can say what they want to mm -hmm. say. And then it's like the front office know that they messed up when they just didn't really have any veteran leadership in their locker room. They know that they messed up. That's why they yeah. went out and got some. And I feel that. And I feel like I don't want to get off topic, but I feel like they're going to have to eat another one of their mistakes real soon. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, trust me. I think they're they're working towards it. So cause mm -hmm. I don't know what's going to happen, you know, at the trade deadline. Mm -hmm. I don't want to, but it's just like, I, you know, we may say that they season over. We may say that they don't have a chance, but if they keep winning mm -hmm. and, and Bain and Smart come back, mm -hmm. the NBA better look out. It's going to get real, real dicey. Really but that's is. what I'm saying. Like, they're going to have to cop to another mistake that they made. Luckily for them, they were good at second rounders. Right. And they got Gigi, they got Vince, but they gonna have to they gonna have to cut they gonna have to cut it loose uh with a couple of people. And I they mean, was good at the two-way players. Mm -hmm. I mean, it is what it is. You're gonna have to you just gonna have to bite the bullet and be like, look, because I ain't gonna hold you. I literally forgot Jake LaRavia was on the team last night. I was like, who is this white boy with Bane? And then I was like, oh, it's Jake. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't, I, look, I forgot the baby was on the team because, like, when you saw him for two seconds in one game and then he went down after that. So, oh boy. I mean, <laughs> I mean, a mistake is a mistake, and if you can own up to it, like, it is what it is. And David Roddy, while he is the one of the best one of the kids, I mean, there are times where he still get beat off the dribble, so he got to be at the back, back, back of the bench. Um, <clears throat> I wouldn't play him before John Hunchar. And he is he he is good offensively. He's getting better offensively, but I still wouldn't do it because he's a defensive liability, and that's just me. But there are a lot of things that they're gonna have to cop to in the coming weeks or this summer, and because Gigi is coming up as a restricted free agent this summer, he is. How is Gigi coming up as a free, restricted free agent? I don't understand that. When he signed, it was um. Who when he was said, that? Miss McCrennan pulled his contract and it said that he would be a restricted free agent this summer. She put it on Twitter. If you uh got a minute, just go check it out. But yeah, it, it do say that. And they're gonna so have they, to did make they sign him like to like I know it's a two-way or mm -hmm. whatever. Um yeah, but I don't I don't okay. I think maybe they just gave him a one year two way. Uh-huh. And that's what happened because you know he had failed so low and he just wanted a chance. Mm-hmm. But then he get here and he they see what they got. They ain't got no choice but to make a decision. And I'm all for the decision. I feel like I know who need to be the first person out the door. That's just me. Mm -hmm. But uh 
Yeah. Uh, they're going to have to convert him eventually. And if they don't do it, somebody else is going to pick up that kid. And I, I really want him. I, to I, I don't think that they I, I don't think that they are gonna let anybody else, you know, pick him <laughs> up because you know, like he's a South Carolina kid. And you mm -hmm. know, and you know that he's cool with the other South Carolina kid that's mm -hmm. the other team. So I, I'm not even worried about that. Not worried not about to that. Mention, like he was mentored this summer by Jaron and X, and like they consider him their their rookie, their little brother. So I feel like if anything, they're they're going to have to do it. Like they're getting their hand forced at this point. And this is why, like, why the season might not shape out the way we wanted to. It it just depends. Mm -hmm. I feel like this season was good for a lot of reasons. Mm -hmm. It was like a, a soft reset. Right. Mm -hmm. But, you know, when they had to have everybody healthy and then people know what their roles are. Yeah. And here's the thing. I think this 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 is Sharon talking. I think that they need to find a deal for Saucing or Saucing or Dama. They need to find a deal for Jake LaRavia. They need to find a deal for um uh not not Vince uh I'm sorry. Zaire Williams and mm -hmm. they probably need to find a deal for Conchar. Mm -hmm. All of them I mean it's just like I don't care if some if Sonsi or Conchar still on the scene, that's fine. But Xavier Tillman's having an expiring contract. They got, you know, they got things they need to do. They got things they need to do, you know, as far as the roster goes or whatever. They have big decisions to make. But, they need to get them kids up out of here. We we can't like we didn't get the kids two and three years. We we can't get the kids no more. And they didn't rise to the top. The two ways rose to the top. We can't do nothing with the kids. We tried. They didn't and, succeed. And I I don't and 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 it's like the trade thing. I don't like you know dealing with the trade stuff or, or the draft and all that. But it's just like hey, they just you know it's just like they had a type. They have a type, and I think they need to yeah, get away. Yeah, we gave I them think, an opportunity, and they and, failed. And I think they need to get away from that type and go for something else. Because everybody can't be somebody. They just good at at something, but and you need somebody that's like really talented, things of that nature. People who know that know what their roles are and Not have confidence. They like specialists, and we can't we can't have a bunch of specialists on this team. Right. We don't even have, we really don't have any in the starting lineup. We don't have any specialists in the starting lineup anymore because Desmond Bain over the last couple of years has uh developed his whole game to where he's a three a three level scorer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he he can still shoot the lights out if you ain't careful. He gonna shoot from Mount Mariah, you know, to the FedEx Farm or whatever. If you ain't, if you uh, lag off him or you give him too much space and you think you got it like that, but you don't. And then if you run him off the three-point line, he could turn into downhill dead. It just is what it is. And also with the 25 games, he's become a better facilitator. So if he can't get to it, he going to set somebody else up. And the same thing with Jaron. Jaron has been working during the summer. He like, he, he is a unicorn in his own right because while you think he a big man and you think big men are slow, 
he's actually very athletic for a big man and he got guard skills. So that's really tricky for anybody trying to defend him because you're not expecting him to have guard skills. You're not expecting him to hit you. Okay, Cannon, you was talking about uh, Jaron Jackson Jr., how he has elevated his game. Yes. Uh, so he passes out of a double team. He draws a double team now because they know what he can do as far as shooting threes and uh, post moves and getting to the basket, not to mention him getting himself to the free throw line this year has been impeccable to watch. He he almost up there with y'all being able to do it. Unless, you know, he, Josh, unless he played Miami. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was that was hard to watch. But um, and then you know what Ja gonna do when Ja come in. He he been working on everything those uh twenty five games. So like you when you have that level of elevation of like the big three or whatever it's going to be scary next year. And I think that's what's like with them winning now, like them getting wins that they're not supposed to get or them just going out there and giving it their all every night. It's very promising. It's like, look, we gonna, we not giving up. We still determined if it, if it happens for us this year, it just happens for us, but we not going to stop trying. And you can appreciate that as a fan but next year, it's going to be really scary. It's going to be really scary next year. Especially when they put it all together, where mm -hmm. Ja, ja, Jaron, and Bane can work off each other. And then I think, like you said, I think, like, even though, like, the Ja suspension was really crazy, and, uh, but it made, okay, so, like, Jaron and Bane went from, being the number two and the number three, you know, um, that defenses, you know, had to um, mm -hmm. get after to like being the number one option where deep people have to scout for you. They have to scout for you every night. Like Miami did a good scouting on Jaron because like he getting triple, double team, triple team people all around him. And then mm -hmm. it's like, they worked on things in the offseason and they've been working on things this season because as you know, Jaron wasn't like this at the beginning of the season. No, they've he working, wasn't. They've been working with him on certain things. And then I think another thing people got to think about last night, Jaron was a part of FIBA. Who was mm -hmm. a FIBA coach? Eric Spolster, am I right? So, right. therefore, if Eric Spolster knows what's in your game, he can game plan for you. Yeah, so and then he yeah. already knew right. what and to then, do. And then Bam was upset, you know, that Jaron got defensive player of the year. Of you know, that's a little is. that's a little rivalry there. But it's just mm -hmm. like, yeah, Spolster, no, because, like, I, I listened to uh, uh, Spolster's game, you know, um, last night and he was like saying what Jaron can do so we knew that but it's just like Jaron you know my thing with Jaron last night I'm glad that he didn't give up you know what he wasn't mm -hmm. just selling for threes he kept going at Bam mm -hmm. he kept doing it because <clears throat> you know at times like I mean beginning of the year when they played the Lakers when he Andy just Davis, take threes he was just taking threes but Last night, he kept going at Bam. He kept going at him. He kept going at him. He kept going at him. 
And it's just yeah. like he's maturing right before our eyes. And then it's just like he's at the point where he's on that floor knowing that, hey, I'm the best thing out here, whatever, what whatever. But it's only a few people that can really guard him. <laughs> yeah, I don't care what nobody say. I think uh, like when you think about basketball, you know how people say basketball ain't hard. It's also mental. Right. It's, it's also very mental. And last night, he got in his own head. He was very frantic. He uh, he shot himself out of that game last night. And he wasn't himself, but what he did do was regroup. And we love to see it in the second half. And he and was I, like, I you don't, know what? I don't, I don't even think he was frantic. I think he was frustrated because they weren't giving him the calls. Because he saw I, what was happening on the other end. I don't think he was frantic. And it's just like, to me... He's been different like this year than he has been at times. His head wasn't down, whatever. You can tell he was upset. You can tell when he's yeah. mad. You can tell when he's mad. <laughs> you can tell when he's mad. And then people sitting up there telling him he's not a dog or whatever. At, like I told somebody, Jared can get really mad, but he don't like to show it. You know what I'm saying? And people them be the ones you got to watch out for. You got to be that's, careful around them. That's what I'm saying because when they go off, <laughs> You ain't gonna be able to contain them, so you just like to, you know you gotta let it ride or whatever. But it's just like he's you know it's just like I believe this season he's just proving people wrong. He's proving them all yeah. wrong. They ain't got really nothing to say right now. He's the number one option, number mm -hmm. one. He's gonna have to play through it. You know you because like even y'all sometimes y'all have you know off nights or whatever. Yeah, what y'all regroups. He regroups and he try to make the plays to get his teammates involved. And I noticed that with Jaron now. Instead mm -hmm. of him just doing ISOs now, he's trying to get all his teammates involved. He's trying to get mm -hmm. them involved. He's really doing it. I mean, he don't have a choice. Like, somebody got to do it. If if nobody does it, it's just going to be that same uh Instead of call twelve, it's gonna turn into call thirteen. 13 right, and, and that's not that's not how any of this works. Like they've been they've been getting by by getting thirty plus assists a night, and that's how they've been winning these games. So when everybody's involved, involved. they can win, and right. that's what I appreciate about it. And like for that, uh, I think it was the MLK game. They had him mic'd up. Uh. And he was mic'd up for the Spurs game, too. Like, you could hear it. You could hear the energy. You could hear him motivating people. And he was talking to somebody. I guess one of the one of the kids made a mistake. And he was like, that's fine. That's fine. You know what? It's, it's okay. We still in it. Let's just get up and go. And that's something that y'all would do. It was very Jai-esque. He is one of the leaders of this team. He he was he's starting to step into being one of the leaders of this team instead of like of course he was always a leader of the league but he's starting to embrace being one of the leaders of this team and that's what I can appreciate about him and Bang they both and, have and then like um last night I'm just like looking at it now everybody that played got an assist mm -hmm. everybody. Roddy had four, Williams had four, Jaron had three, Geert seven, Conchar two, um, Gigi Jackson the second had two, Scottie Pippen Jr. had six, Tillman had one, Williams, mm -hmm. uh, Zaire Williams had one. Everybody assisted. That's a good thing. That's yeah, it's just really like with the, 
it's just it's the same thing with the gang rebounding. Mm-hmm. You have, have to. Everybody has to make an assist. Everybody has to get somebody in some type of rhythm, or it's not going to work. You you cannot play iso ball. Like I know, and that's that's one of the things people wanted to talk about. Oh, Cat went for sixty two points, but they ended up losing the game because Cat took a lot of shots that he didn't necessarily make. And it was selfish. Whether his teammates were giving him the ball or not, they give you the ball, you pass it back because you might not have it right then. Right. Like that's that's how you shoot yourself out of a game, and that's how you lose. And Brevin brought it up last night. He was like, "Even though we shorthanded, ain't nobody out here trying to play hero ball." Right. And you you just gotta respect them for it. Right. And then Jaron is somebody that can play hero ball. That's what Brevin said last he, night. He 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 can just say, "Give me the ball," and you know what? They gonna have to respect him and give him the ball. Yeah, Brevin brought that up last night. He was like, "But he doesn't do that. He he gets his teammates involved. He's very active. He helps them in any way he can." And like that's what a leader is. That's and you love to see it from the big three. It's almost like they growing up and right, like you said, they growing up right in front of our eyes. And it's a it's a lot to take in. And like with Ja, he's maturing. He know he made mistakes, but he came back and you know he was his shoulder was hurt way before. It's probably something that tweaked it to the point where he couldn't go anymore. And right. so they were like, hey, you know, you might as well have a surgery now. But he he pro- he probably hurt himself way before that. And he was just going to play through it and get through it and just go because he felt bad for Mr. No's first 25 to begin with. And then, you know, Bane, Bane is just trying to get back any way he can, which is why Mike Wallace reported that he trying to come back sooner. And then you see if one day you see him with crutches and a boot and the next day he got on shoes. Right. So they they all are trying to be out there for their team because they know that this team needs them. Right. And then Bane is like you I remember uh like with Ja him with this ankle and stuff. We mm-hmm. thought he was gonna be out extended times. Ja came back earlier. Mm-hmm. He came back earlier than expected. So and I don't I don't think Marcus Smart is gonna come back like he might come back sooner than six weeks. Yeah, I feel like they they all trying to get back. Like they on the sidelines, they supporting, and th- they all just trying to get back and like they're fighting for it. And it's it's incredible to watch because they just want to be out there with their teammates. And that I think that's one of the things that people like people that come through this organization they always say like there's no other place like it. And I feel like that aspect of it is really overlooked uh, uh, when it comes to Memphis being a market in the NBA. Yes, it's a small market, but when you come here, you're embraced. And not just by the fans, but by your teammates as well. Right, and and then by the city, you know, like everybody, you know, it's just like, you know, everybody rooting for you, things in that their nature. And then pe- mm-hmm. people, I'm thinking they was like, well, 
John Moran, you know, it's just like he's gone. Like people not gonna come to the games, but I think when the people seeing this fighting them right now, people mm -hmm. gonna come back to the. They gonna be coming to the games. They're gonna come still support them because they know that they are trying. Cause like if they was I doing, mean, I saw the first twenty five and like while there wasn't a lot of people, there was still people out there and like. What game was that? Was it the MLK game? Yeah, when it was bad. It was more people there than I thought was going to be there. Yeah, like it was snowing. Like, I wasn't getting out there because I can't drive already. But, you know. <laughs> I mean, at least you admitted that. <laughs> hey, I, I, listen. I, I ain't one to mince words. I already know I stay in my lane. But um, even the game before that, that was there. There were a lot of people there, like to support the team and like root them on, even though they knew Job wasn't playing. It's, mm -hmm. it's it's about that fight that they have. If you fight, if you go out there and fight, of course this city gonna be behind you. Exactly, but they need to start winning at home because like they're working oh. on the road, thirteen and twelve. They need to start winning more at home. So we we'll see. You know, they got Orlando tomorrow. Tomorrow mm -hmm. night, and I think that that'll be the first game I'll be able to go to this year. Cause like the end of December, like the the second week of December, I got sick and been sick. I've been watching it at home. I don't want to watch Bally Sports uh, tomorrow. I want to be in that arena. <laughs> I'll be in there. I'll be in there. I'll be there a little <laughs> early because I got. Uh, I'm gonna be on Autograph Road. Uh, tomorrow. But. Oh, you're gonna be on autograph. Yeah, I, look, I mm -hmm. may see you when I come come there. But uh, it was nice having you on or whatever. We got to do this again. I really appreciate it. Look, you're gonna be one of my regular scheduled guests. I've been trying to, <laughs> I've been trying to mix it up. But like, what I've been trying to do is get like a. When I have guests, I've been trying to get a a man and a woman to talk, mm -hmm. or whatever, because I I wanted to have different voices you know, mm -hmm. like having equal, you know, things of that nature. So people can know that women, we talk about sports. We like it. There are other knowledgeable people, even though you're a fan or you're part of the media, but people know what they're talking about. So I'm just trying to get it mixed up a little bit. All right. I see you, girl. Do your thing. Yeah. Well, all right. I, I really appreciate, really appreciate you, be, appreciate you being on and I will talk to you later. Of course. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube